also i guess real quick should we talk <laughs> god damn it cody <laughs> i know i just thought of it should Before we include include the countdown <laughs> Hello, welcome back to Michigan's own Bestman Benchwarmers podcast. I'm your host, Alex Merrill, and here today, as per the usual, it's Cody Wood. How's everybody doing today? And Matt Gorser. Hello there. <laughs> so the topic for today, um, we're going to do another little anatomy episode. Just going to talk about uh, delaying engagements, why that's uh, beneficial, how you can always do it, and have success with it and then our own personal view in north carolina because that happened again so but it's hyperspace list building and i think that's fun so our first topic delaying an engagement um what does that really mean right you know delaying the engagement i think is just you know not doing a straight honorable joust who does those <laughs> Most most players do that. That's true. <laughs> That's scary. I think since second edition happened, I've only I don't know what just said once, and it was because it was worlds, and I was already out of it. And my opponent came. I was in from Germany, so I wanted to make sure he had a game. But <laughs> did you get the toggle from leave. him? Yeah, no, I got the toggle from my first German opponent. Oh, I went okay. against like Team Germany throughout the entire worlds thing. <laughs> Um, I mean, not straight joust thing, also known as what? Toilet bowling? Rebel slow roll? One straight to victory? So I would say like slow roll is more of like a jousting. You know, if somebody sets up in front of you, you're more than happy to joust, but you're just letting them like try to get the flank or delay. You're basically, if you're slow rolling like that, you're just giving initiative to your opponent. But like definitely the toilet bowling that you see me do a lot. Um, sometimes if it's like a mini swarm and ace, you have the ace just sort of flying around on the other side, trying to get a flank. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it, you know, you can still slow roll by doing like one hard barrel roll, right? Over and over. Or do the really jank thing that Matt and I do when we have Grievous and allow him to barrel roll twice because we ensnare him. <laughs> really shove him in that corner. Boost him twice. <laughs> Get the kid Anakin barrel roll, one straight barrel roll. <laughs> literally crab walk. Oh, you can get that B wing now. He can he can slow roll by just one eighting now. <laughs> I hate that guy. Anyways, um, yeah, delaying the engagement. It's super important that you know how to do this or how to approach someone doing this. Because one of the few things, like normally when you're delaying the engagement, you're obviously trying to get better position. The problem is usually you see this mostly if you have a flanker because you want to make sure your flanker's in good position. And what I see a lot of is people leaving their flankers, they get too aggressive with them. So you have to be careful about like toning down your aggression so you don't have your flanker all by himself and I defenseless position especially if the rest of your list can't take advantage of it yeah that happens i i like you said i see it happen all the time where they go aggressive with yeah with the ace and then the swarm is the swarm decides to turn in on the flanker 
instead of jousting the other swarm. And then the ace is just kept with, caught with their pants down while the swarm's like, oh crap, we can't reach, you know, our main character in time to save them. And they just get murderated. I guess one of the things we should talk about is what type of list do do like a delayed engagement or like try to flank. I mean, a lot of like ace lists will do that for sure. They're always trying to flank. I mean, some swarms even delay the engagement if they have a swarm on the other side that will beat them in a joust. Like what comes to my mind is a droid swarm versus something like Malorus Swarm or 5X, where as opposed to like lining up across the board, they'll line up horizontally to try to drag the other swarm through the rocks. Or, or even like droid swarms with dank probe droids tend to want to delay the engagement so they can come into an engagement with fully modded attacks. Man, they can just sit on rocks too. They can mm-hmm. really have the other person drag drag right through the rocks. Which is interesting because like droid swarms, even though they could sit on rocks, I used to love pulling them into rocks because if they're on a rock, you just it's easier to flank because you know where they're going to be at. Yeah, they can only turn 90 degrees every what turn. If they were by a rock and then you just tractored them onto the rock. And tell them it doesn't matter that you're droids. You're still on the rock. This is right. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I love doing that. It was so much fun. Or just be dash and just one shot them. That's fine. Yeah, just bring Bisson on dash, uh, dash and just kill two droids around. Easy. I bet everyone thinks that works 100% of the time, too. Every time. Anyways. <laughs> well, as we were saying, not a lot of people that I've seen, like, they freak out when people aren't just straight jousting them or, like, going through a couple channels through the asteroids. Like, I, you know, for some reason, they start breaking down mentally, it seems. They just get really impatient and want to jump in there real fast throw a bunch of dice but you know it's super beneficial to to set up your own engagement on your own terms right like especially if they have some sort of formation and then they're trying to maneuver like i guess droids wouldn't be a great example but the maneuvers are a good example where they'd want to turn and set up bank because banking is more difficult for them so if you happen to have like a a spot on the map where turning would be the really bad option, but banking would be the correct option. That's eking out a, a win for you, you know, putting them out of position like that. And a lot of that comes with just uh, obstacle placements. But on top of obstacle placements, just like most ships are generally always moving forward. So you can actually sort of foresee when he's going to have issues turning in on a flanker based off of like where the rocks are at, where the obstacles are at. And that's something you're going to have to take advantage of if you're going to properly delay the engagement flank. What kind of obstacles do you set up for trying to flank with your ships typically? So typically I use uh, gas clouds, which may not make seem like it makes a lot of sense just because why not use a rock? Rocks make it so they could take damage, they can't shoot. But gas clouds with the free auto thrusters evade or 
the free blank to evade is just so much more reliable for defense, I feel like. And I can generally set it up even if I'm moving first to where I'm going to get the obstructed defense. Of course, if you're turning in my flanker like that, well, I play trip uh, aces. One of the things with trip aces is you really have to delay the engagement because A, you don't have the efficiency to straight joust anybody. And B, you sort of have to give up a piece. You have to bait a piece. Otherwise, he's just going to turn into whatever ship is closest to him and murder it. And we talked about that, actually, that point of kind of sacrificing the ship on um, our other episode of engaging and jousting like that. It's it's rough. So, yeah, you don't have to actually engage with your bait ship either. You don't have to sacrifice a ship. You just have to make sure the threat level of that ship is higher than your other ships. So, like, when I play my trip silences, I bait with Kylo. But Kylo is my most expensive ship. Why would I do that? Because Kylo is my most expensive ship, and the threat of Kylo getting on a flank is so great, my opponent has to respect it throughout the game. Now, before Extreme Maneuvers, this was a little bit more difficult because when you had to sort of guess when he was going to turn in on your other on my other aces but with the uh extreme maneuvers now letting me do the hard turn off a boost i can be a lot more um i'm trying to think what the word would be less committal with my dials and just mm, after i see me go yeah i just want to say i it feels like extreme maneuvers was just made for kylo it's definitely the best on him hands down they made that card specifically for Kylo Ren. And it's really good for Kylo because he spends his force on uh, modding dice, and that's it, really. Like, you'll use, I'll show you the dark side occasionally. Yeah, I mean, if you have the force, you might as well. But yeah, Extreme Maneuvers Kylo is kind of a pain. But sometimes as far as delaying the engagement or like you're saying, like giving uh, something like a a bait, sometimes your opponent makes it easier for you with um, like things that let you get target locks really early, like Jendon or E-Wings. Like generally they're going to target lock. They're going to target lock something like first round. And then that lets you know what they think the biggest threat to their list is. So you can generally spend a good either use that piece as like hey you know i know you got the target lock on me why don't you come and get me or and then like just keep it out of the fight as long as possible while your other ships just absolutely destroy the rest of the list so that is one thing but you also have to be worried about the deke with those so they might put the target locks on say kylo but if you don't engage for for five rounds, there's nothing stopping them from just reacquiring a target lock later on, like the round before the engagement. So you also don't want to play yourself by doing that. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, So we've been talking a lot about flanking, right? And if you delay the engagement, if you toilet bowl, if you 
can bait with a ship or something, you can flank with the other ships. And that's super good. Like not being shot back at is significantly better than being shot back at, right? Opponent can't win if they can't shoot you. But I have Zam. I have to get shot at. <laughs> and, I, and I think I think that comes with experience too, as far as like ace players. Like when I was first starting out playing, I'm like, you know, I have all these ships and I want to shoot stuff. You know, with my with my I sixes and my I fives. Well, back then it was like nines and eights, but in first edition. But yeah, like I want to shoot stuff. But you know, sometimes you know. Not taking shots is better than like taking shots. And like sometimes you have to sacrifice, like, okay, that juicy range one shot. Like he can also shoot me back. Like just, just arc dodge if you can. Yeah. Not all of us are Fenro. We can't quite no, handle that. No, not all of us are Fenro. <laughs> I've seen enough Fenros Fen to know you don't always uh, handle that either. Oh, no. I've had my Fenro being one shot all the time. It's great. Let me tell you. It is. Yeah. I love seeing Fenro just die. It's okay, we have Kanan now. He won't die in one shot. Oh, I was going to say, what if they had negative one reds? <laughs> God, I love Kanan so much. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, I mean, flanking is so good. And, you know, unless you're a defender where you have the white 4K, it's really hard to re-engage him back on decent terms. So you have to do some sort of weird turnaround. Probably not have a token. That's another thing with like flanking. You yeah, because you don't have to do a K turn to stay engaged. You just yeah. like do banks and turns so you always get actions. And the other person's just screwed, by and large. Unless they're a humble quad jumper. They could just reverse. And disengaging is one of the hardest things to learn and actually properly do, so we can go on and on about that. Yeah, that'll probably be a different anatomy episode. Disengagement's huge. Like, you gotta know. Threat risk, really. Sorry. Yeah, it's it's rough. <laughs> but yeah, also, um, you know, if, even if you are, like, partially flanking them, you know, you come in and at that 45-degree angle, it's significantly easier arc dodge anything coming at you with the barrel roll if your ship has it. That's the secret. 45-degree angle barrel roll will get you out of every arc. I do have to, oh, not every arc, especially with like the YV and Wolf Arrow. Yeah, I mean, not like specialty 180 arcs or Nomlum, but you know, 95% of everything out there. I do think if you're going to have a flanking ship, one of the most important actions to have, though, is the boost action. Because whatever ship you're flanking with has to be able to react, and boost is hands down the best ability to react to your opponents or a barrel roll because uh boosts let you change your uh direction it's not just i'm still facing the same way yeah yeah gen generally it's easier to like boost into cover like generally if you're barrel rolling into like a gas cloud to for cover you're probably going to be like facing the gas cloud where like Oh, I'm going to boost around this gas cloud real quick or boost forward, boost bank. Like, yeah, I think I. Man, yeah, maybe boost is better on maybe higher agility ships. I like the barrel roll to be able to contain like arcs if I'm flanking with like a lower pilot skill kind of thing. I always find boosting a little bit risky on those. I guess that is true. When I'm like doing my toilet bowl, I tend to barrel more than I boost, but that's mostly, I also delay engagements significantly longer than 
some people, which is weird because sometimes I have a 20 minute game. <laughs> um, but barrel rolls are much better for keeping distance while boosting your boosting forward. So you're usually getting closer to your opponents or getting closer to when you have to turn towards your opponents because of the obstacles and all that. Yeah, it makes sense. Like a super, super good if you have like a multiple ships flanking, right? Because you can actually collapse on them. Was that Hannibal that did that? You would just ensnare people like that? Maybe. <laughs> the double pincer. Yeah, I was going to say, I know like one of the old uh, military tactics was to literally have them come into the middle and then you just surround them. And... Yeah, that's flanking. And then you're collapsing. And that lets you one focus fire ships, which is super important in this game. You don't see that enough, but uh, also lets you keep your options open. Like you're talking about earlier, Cody with extreme maneuvers. If you're flanking two different ships or you have two different ships flanking one ship, you can hedge your bets on where they're going to go much easier. There's how many games have you had on stream Cody, where it's just like first 25 minutes or so, both of you are just going around in circles until Someone gets impatient enough or the position was jockeyed well enough that you can get them in there. I would say most of my gold squadron games are like that, that I'm on stream. Uh, even, I mean, the Matt Carey game, the GSP, what is that, top 16 at the Aces? No, you were yeah. top eight. Top eight? So the top eight game. Wow, I don't even know what I would placed. Look yeah, at that. Go. <laughs> yeah, it was top eight. I, just, I just watched that game yesterday, so. Did you? So you're more refreshed on it than me, but that was one of my quicker engages uh, just in general. And that was mostly because I knew Matt wasn't going to let me get a really good flank. So I took what I thought would be like a 60, 65% uh, like in your favor, in my favor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just had Kylo play with the majority of his list, as I tend to do. I was forcing blocks because he won the uh, initiative role. And had my other two silences playing with his uh, blue squadron escort. escort. Uh, things obviously didn't quite work out the way I wanted to, but I thought we both played a great game, and I feel like it's actually a pretty good learning game just in general. Plus, I love it when the pace of play is really fast. So even <laughs> though like it seemed like we engaged early, we engaged on like round six. But that was like 15 minutes into the game. He had another actually really interesting game a while ago. I think it was versus Vecna when he had the uh, Echo and Scimitar bomb Bombers with the proxies. Yep, and that one, the stream game was... Um, Actually, the second time I played him, because I played him in round six. And so it was six Scimitar Bombers, all of them with proxy mines, and then an Echo with Fifth Brother and Stealth Device. And it's a really hard list to engage on. And in that one, what I did more than... Mm, like collapse was I just try to poke damage. And at the time I was flying the Sino Jameis, Blackout, and Kylo. And this was before Extreme Maneuvers. So my Sinar, I actually flanked behind the Scimitars. However, because of the 
bomb threats, I couldn't get like actually get behind them because they'll just drop a bomb on me and and they have the banked ones too, so it's it's real rough. Yep, I ended up taking a bomb on Kylo. Luckily, I think I only took one damage from it, but um, yeah, there's like you have to understand like when you face an opponent, definitely see what tricks they can do and avoid those tricks more than anything else, even if it means you have to change your play style some. I mean, it's a great counter to people trying to flank you is bombs, right? <laughs> yeah. It's hard to get behind people. I love having bombs. People are so bad against bombs. But just having bombs really limits their maneuvers as well because you don't even have to drop it to, to threaten and change possibly what they're going to do. Yep, and in that game, you can see, like, as soon as I was getting too close to the rear end of the bombers because my silences are faster than the bombers, I just hard disengaged. There was no reason to get any closer. And also, what we didn't really talk about for delaying engagements is self-bumping to really slow you down. I mean, I did that a lot uh, towards the end of 1.0 with control bots, right? You just put them right next to each other. You want hard into each other. They don't move. And you can, I mean, you can still do it right now if you like one of them one straights, one of them one hards. And... So you haven't really heard about fortressing since the uh, quad Star Viper list, but it is still there and there's other ways of doing it. Um, if I'm not playing Chip Silencers, uh, like there's a Rebel list that I play occasionally, I will sometimes have Luke and Hera just bumping each other in the middle of the board and waiting to see what my opponent's going to do. Because you, it's one of those things you don't want to commit to unless you know what they're doing, and then you try to counter that. Yeah, I mean, I'll have like a, a YV or a Lambda or something, I'll have it stop, and then later in that round put another ship in front of it, so then it does the one straight and barely moves, if, if at all, clear the stress, stop again, just to kind of see where everything's going, especially on a lower pilot skill like that. You kind of have to, or if it's a really fragile Palpatine carrier or something, you don't want to have that engage. Man, I know the, your games aren't probably aren't on the stream, but I know you have had games of uh, where you have to delay the engagement, especially I'm, I'm assuming with like Soontir and all that. Yeah, like the last Kyber event, the one that I've played in last year, I flew Jendon with Krennic, Soontir, and Whisper. And Whisper especially, like I... I try to delay the whenever I fly whisper, I try to delay the engagement with her as long as possible, mostly because I build her super expensive and she's generally like the the, she's she's always the focus of any list that I build build with her. But it's super easy to just delay engagements with, you know, tie phantoms, just the decloak one bank, decloak one bank, decloak one bank until, you know, I can two straight, four straight, two straight boost and three bank with just pounce on something that has made a mistake or if I'm able to get my opponent to drag through the rocks. So yeah, with like phantoms make it really easy, either echo or whisper to just delay the engagement until it's, you know, an optimal yeah, time for same you. with star vipers too, with the bank barrel roll, mm-hmm. one strength bank barrel roll, one bank bank barrel roll. I mean, we saw that have some sort of competitive play, and that was a little uh, controversial, but yeah, they're really good at delaying engagements. Yep. Advanced Sensors Gurry, really great at delaying the engagement. She's just nasty in general. 
And, you know, there's people who rely on the wind condition of going to time, right? And as much as it sucks, it is a great way of doing that. Yeah. Annoyingly. Speaking of that, people say swums like to go to time, but really, I figure swums have the fastest like t- uh, games because everybody jousts them. <laughs> it's usually aces that enjoy going to time. Well, yeah, because all their ships are actually worth a lot of points. I know. I mean, th- th- this joke's been made to death, but like, I whenever I sometimes I'll mess around with friends when I'm playing like if they're playing a swarm and I'm playing aces I'm like you're taking too long to set your dials because I need all that time to figure out my double repositions <laughs> I post maneuver double repositions I gotta consider all the options the longer the longer you take to set your dials the less time I have to figure out if I want a barrel roll or boost or boost barrel roll or focus boost no just take the new config and do it in the system phase instead yeah <sighs> but you mentioned that you mentioned dragging through the rocks, and I don't think that gets enough uh, talked about enough because it's very important to limit your opponent's maneuvers, especially if you have flankers and all this stuff. And really, what you're looking for is them having a rock to one side so they can't turn in, and that's the perfect opportunity to turn your flanker in. But also, if you are flanking, make sure you have an out. Always set up your maneuvers so you can get an out. This is uh, when people ask me about one of the things I do. It's uh, if I'm going to dial in a turn, I actually change it into a bank. Unless obviously something's in the way. That way it's a little bit less committal and I am more likely to have an out to it. Uh, Same thing like, yeah, you can boost in for a nice juicy range one shot, but don't give up positioning to do so. Also, if you are dragging people through the rocks and you have a control piece, you are set. Ioning people, so dangerous, especially if they have no outs. I love it when people engage in, in the rocks when I'm flying in Snare Nantex. It's like, please, please. <laughs> That's all I did. They came <laughs> right to come, me. Please come through the rocks. Right over there. <laughs> hey, what if you threw an ion bomb in the rocks? <sighs> right. And what if you're Katsu and someone was stupid enough to... <laughs> Housed you in your own lane. Got him. What if you told him you don't get a shot back? God, I love that. I think just 5K and that's your out because there's no repositioning on that ship. But that's fine. But yeah, like, like you were saying, I think a lot of people, like, they'll, they will sacrifice position for that, you know, that range one shot. And then it's like, oh, but now I don't have anywhere to go to get out of here because the five straight is going to put me over this rock or the five straight can get blocked. Or, mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes, sometimes you need to, like I said earlier, sometimes you need to sacrifice those nice range one shots that you really, really want in order to, or if you're stressing yourself to get that range one and now you're, Oh, like the three straight blue is my fastest maneuver. Like, whoops, now I can't get out of here. And then one of the issues with dragging your opponent through the rocks is if you want shots at them, you tend to also have to go or face the rocks yourself. And if they're already in the rocks, that means they have the lanes already. And I'm generally going to think they move before you. So you have a much higher chance of being blocked and I don't know any ace who likes being blocked or any ship that likes being blocked, really. Especially, at least if, like, at least <laughs> if they, uh, 
have a lot of ships. If it's two ships, then please black my Kylo all day. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's a skill you have to learn in X Wing just to try to visualize where you're going the turn after. I know I know it's very difficult to like see several turns ahead because X Wing isn't really that kind of a predictive game like that, but you can see where you're going. Don't try to hit rocks or other ships. One of the reasons I set my dials so fast is because I was already thinking about the previous like when my ship actually I try to think about my ship's position two turns in advance and then only do changes based off my opponent. But you can also generally, before engagement, see how your opponent's going to be flying. Uh, you can see if they're just slow rolling, if they're rushing, uh, if they're trying to delay the engagement themselves by doing one hard barrel rolls or whatnot. And you can sort of get a read off of that. Yeah. Um, speaking to that, like I was, I played, I played a buddy yesterday who was flying wedge and two E wings and he, he set them up in that, like a little triangle formation. And I'm like, okay, I mean, that's, that's not how I would generally fly. I'm like, you have proton, you have proton torpedoes on all three of them. Like you could, you know, you can set up like that. Great. But then he just kept flying the ships like that, just in one block in a formation. And I'm like, okay, so he's going to fly all these in a block. I can go just as fast or faster than him and just you you know if you see an opponent flying like that you can get behind them i got behind him in the rocks he didn't have any good re- turnaround positions so yeah like like cody was saying you just got to kind of see how people fly and a lot of people like fly ships together in a formation when they don't need to fly together in a formation like straight top gun it yeah like Focho players will fly all eight ships together in a block and like, okay, that's, that's cool. You have like a big firing line, but there's no reason for these ships to fly together in a swarm. There's no hollow runner in there. There's no Sarasu. So I think also like, yeah, a lot of people do that. A lot of people just fly ships. Like I'm going to put this big block together and I'm going to come find you. And it just leaves flanks super vulnerable when they just fly like a block like that. You don't need to. And at this up to this point, we've only been talking like I've only been talking as if my opponent has a block of ships, the flying information. One of the other things you have to worry about, though, is sometimes your opponent also wants to get a flank. They'll have a flanking ship. So you have to understand, is my flanking ship better than his flanking ship? If I try to engage my flanking ship, will his flanking ship engage back or will it run? Um. Generally, that's just if you move last, obviously you have an inherent advantage. Uh, but maybe not. Maybe he's really good at keeping the wide arcs. Maybe he has a better stat line or a more efficient ship. Or what I love to do is engage on people's flankers because usually the main block isn't as maneuverable as a flanker. And all my ships in a trip science list are extremely maneuverable, so I can catch the flanker, if not kill it, at least do heavy damage to it, and then start toilet bowling around as his flanker has to hard disengage. Yeah, I think having delayed engagement could best be summed up as just allowing your opponent to make the wrong decisions for as long as we possibly can. 
just remember, the more decisions people have to make, the more likely they are to make a mistake. That, that's why I just fly Defender Vader and just 4K Focus Evade every turn. Like, I, no, no, no decision there. Just 4K Focus Evade. That's why all my ships don't have repositioning options. So I never have to make that decision. I just one straight reinforce. <laughs> no, I mean, delaying engagements is one of the most important skills you need to learn in X-Wing. You see it at pretty much every top level event. Both of them typically are trying to jockey for their own position like that. But I can guarantee you on their way up the tables, they didn't have to do that against everyone. Or they didn't have to defend it. No. Defend the uh, delayed engagement against everyone else. I mean, sometimes you can catch these KG players with their pants down if you're super aggressive, too. That's true. Yeah. If you have like ships that are as maneuverable as the flanking ship, a lot of times, because they are trying to jack you for position, they don't want to actually fight you head on but if you just bum rush it like it's actually a good call to bum rush aces i feel like yeah i mean generally people don't see that coming i like like in my game yesterday like um i said soonter across from the two e-wings and the x-wing and i just did a two straight not like two straight kind of to see where he would go and then decide after his maneuver whether I wanted to barrel roll towards him or barrel roll him away. But I mean, those E-wings have a five straight, a boost into a target lock. Like he could have done that and I would have been like, oh crap. Mm-hmm. I think the, uh, one of the, no, both the games I lost in the Aces tournament, uh, pre-cut on the Swiss, uh, one of them was against uh, 37B Jedis and Obi-Wan. And the 7B Jedi literally just five straight boosted at my rush. Like, okay. And because they are so fast, I wasn't able to disengage versus it. I tried to disengage, and you know, that's poor rush. It doesn't help that rush moves before them until uh, he starts taking damage. And those 7B are super fast, like stressless repositions into action. They also have the five straight, they're tanky. Yeah, those those 7Bs can go just as fast mm-hmm. as your silencers. Same with Obi-Wan in that list too, right? Because you can mm-hmm. pre-maneuver boost and still do like the five straight and barrel roll. Yep. If you wanted to. His Obi-Wan, he actually used more of a bait piece. Ah, so he used it properly. Yep. <laughs> Unlike every other Actus player. Why why would they give us the system phase reposition if I didn't do it? Why would every they give turn? me the ability to run head first in the bonus and still get a focus if they didn't want me to use it? Yeah, they gave <laughs> they gave me a primary a bullseye primary of three dice, like I have to get in there and use it every turn. I've seen the NAM text. This is the only way you can play. <laughs> uh, anything more on uh I want to talk about delaying, engaging, flanking? can't emphasize how important it is that people need to do this proper. I mean, we haven't really touched on collapsing. So, like, yeah, toilet bowling around like I do, or just having your flanker uh, come around. Sometimes it's okay to just have your flanker take a bunch of range, two, three shots, and not have the rest of your list engage. Like, if it's he's giving it to you for free, anytime you get free shots without taking any shots back, definitely a win but you especially in a three agility meta one ship's not going to be pushing too much damage through that often 
So you will eventually have to engage with the rest of your list and collapse. So when you do that, just make sure you can focus fire relatively well. Yeah. I mean, again, focus firing um, should win you the games if you do it right. Like taking guns off the table and having one left shift is significantly better than, you know, spreading damage out like that. So being able to collapse in on one ship and have multiple shots in that ship, especially if they don't have a lot of tokens or you stripped them from the first shot or something, is super huge. No, but just because you damage a ship doesn't mean you should chase the ship, especially if you know that ship's just going to be hard disengaging for a couple of turns. Yeah, you see that a lot, too. There's blood in the water, so everyone, so everyone goes after that and they just five straight boost. Yeah, I mean, that's another skill that you need to learn that people also need to learn about, you know, oh, I got this ship down to half points, like, I'm going to kill it now. And like, sure, you want to kill it. Like, I've gotten Fenrau down to like one hull before and it's like, oh, yeah, now it's, it's time to get him. But Fenrau's just like, see ya, bye, I'm gone. And then while you spend two, three turns chasing this ship, the rest of the team is like, hey, like, if you want to chase Fenrau while he's wounded, we'll just we'll just kill the rest of your list. God, at Adepticon in 1.0, I had a one health Fenrau with seven stress tokens on it because he had stress bot, and he still chased it with B wings, and he couldn't catch up to him because <laughs> I still had a tiny mind link, so he was still getting a focus, right? And I cleared every single one of those stress tokens and came back in and killed his B wing because he just chased it and my other two um punishing ones just toward the rest of his list of shreds oh god i remember that list <sighs> i made route boats before route boats came out yep i remember that almost made cut on a tournament my first tournament we don't need to talk about this though we're gonna put bad memories bring up bad memories i was gonna say this also comes up in my matt carry uh top eight game because luke's at one health yes. and is I know he's going to hard disengage. I figure he's going to try to bait with it. So instead of having Kylo chase, I have Kylo re-engage. And so it's my three silencers against like a two health blue squadron X escort and two a wings. And I figure I'm winning that as opposed to chasing Luke. So I have Kylo chasing a Luke and two silencers versus a two health blue squadron escort and two a wings. The numbers just made it seem like it was better for Kylo to uh, stick with the team. Yeah, well, <sighs> that poor game, that that game. Hey, it's not legal anymore. <laughs> no more token sharing for munitions with Hera. Well, according to the unofficial X-Wing rules, Illuminati can't do that anymore. My main problem with Hera. I mean, you can do it when you're playing with your homies, but this depends on the... Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I won't be playing it's that way. Poor practice so. that way. So you're going to go to a tournament, they're going to rule against it, but... I mean, so that's just the uh, American Illuminati. The European Illuminati haven't made a ruling on that yet. Hmm. And it's also liable to be changed once we have an official ruling on it, because I that's something that we will eventually be getting one of. Yeah, I mean, official rulings obviously are going to go over unofficial rulings like that. Europe needs to get its act together, though. The drink and the tea, okay. <laughs> uh, next topic, eh? So we picked a fight with North Carolina. 
because you know we beat Minnesota on the episode no one listened to. By the way, we beat Minnesota. And what this is is it's teams of seven, and we're just doing like state allegiance against each other, just for some simple fun, as Michigan annexes all fifty states. Slowly, <laughs> but it's um it's a hyperspace team tournament. Uh, we had bans in the last one because that was extended, but banning things in hyperspace is silly, especially if you're flying the FO faction. So uh, we just wanted to kind of talk about our process that we were thinking for some hyperspace lists because, you know, there's one for everyone being a seven-person team tournament. So uh, one thing with the seven-person team is because there is matchmaking uh, involved, you can sort of pick what list we can go against or don't want to go against. You can build a list a little bit differently because as opposed to needing to have tools for a bunch of different matchups, you can forgo the bid and make sure you ha- uh, don't go against aces or you can loosen up the bid a little bit. Yeah. the matchmaking. I like that. I like, like team-based tournaments like this. I wish, uh, we could do it in person. Same team. But I guess uh, we could talk about Cody's FO list because we've been doing it this whole episode. So so my FO list is the same hyperspace list. I haven't really been playing enough to get enough reps with everything else. So I have Kylo with Ion Torps and Extreme Maneuvers. Uh, Extreme Maneuvers, like I said, is amazing when you're trying to bait. It's amazing in the midst of a fight it's just really good and as matt said basically made for kylo being able to barrel roll hard turn hard turn barrel roll you could be in so many different positions and arc dodge so much um and then the iron torp is really for pinging damage at range three against three agility ships but the ion control is also amazing and in the sigma tournament I had a lot of fun shooting at B-Wings through gas clouds <laughs> with the Ion Torp. Because, hey, what if you only had two agility and got ioned onto this gas cloud? Uh, then I have Recoil with Predator. With the PS now being about three for most of the scary list, I... and recoil's ability when he has predator being more consistent than blackout i thought it's just a much better ship overall on top of like it allowed me to have more points to put on kylo and the last ship is rush because i don't really care for his ps6 ability um it's nice when it happens but it's inconsistent I use him more like I use the Sinar in previous iterations. He's my flanking ship. He shows up. He has perfect focus spending and tries to make a mess of things once he gets into the scrum uh, and just block up everything. And for the points, it's him or Avenger, but Avenger doesn't really work with a trip silencer list. He has his uses. It's just not a trip silencer list. I think he's an underrated ship that people often forget about. I mean, one of the things about the silencers is all of them are viable in different lists. 
Like you can use any of the silencers in a trip silencer list except Avenger, but Avenger is really good in like a swarm type play. But my trick shot blackout for maximum disrespect and honor. <laughs> no hey, with the new config, you can at least barrel roll out of the way if you just line yourself up behind asteroids and also aren't playing Kylo because it's standardized. And also you're just trolling your opponent. Mostly just trolling your opponent <laughs> because, I mean, Blackout's best ability is he's a PS5 silencer. The ability, people chase it too much, and I think it's really only good against, like, droids. He's the Stefan Vanek of silencers. <laughs> the PS5 R- RZ2A wing that no one even remembers has an ability. Oh, yeah, the much worse Hera ability, who I think he's actually worth like two points less than Hera. Cough. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Mad, it's you're bringing... five points. Yeah, it's, it's silly. Mad, you're bringing Republic. In I a list where you actually talked about it a little bit earlier, too, which is funny. <laughs> yeah, three Delta 7Bs and uh, eight, a, eight a two Obi Wan Kenobi with Predator. 198 points. Yeah. Yep. Seems pretty solid. See how it goes. And we talked about Ace Mini Swarm a little bit earlier and been banging on about Delta 7 since our first episode. <laughs> so, yeah, strong. I mean, yeah, just solid chassis, especially in hyperspace. You know, the ability to boost focus. They get, get two actions around without a stress is, you know, pretty clutch. Three shields, three hull. Take three the attack focus dice. of the force or defense mm-hmm. for 49 points. Or take yeah. the target lock. I have a double modded shot. Yep. Yep. Or then, do a, know. like a one of their many turnaround maneuvers and still have some sort of mod. Yep. And then beta Obi-Wan just, you know, if he can get, if he gets some shots off, cool. If he doesn't, you know, that's also cool. <laughs> he's also incredibly cheap too. Yeah. He's really cheap. Pretty good ability. The, uh, the Jedi Knight is nine points more than a Red Squadron veteran with a, I feel like, much better dial and always the force. Yep. Underrated piece. And more, uh, well, higher shield ratio. Higher shield ratio, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, solid list. And then you get to my stupid scum jank list. Because that's all that scum's good for right now. Because I don't want to depend on people to jaws my Dengar. If everything is scum's jank, does that mean it's not jank anymore? Uh, maybe internally. But my list is uh, Kanan with Gleb. Because two-point red coordinate is really good in the support ship, and scum is really good. And Kanan's just really good. <laughs> Cody, how many shots did you take at him and still not do anything? variance but like you spent three quarters of the game trying to kill him yeah i spent literally like seven rounds with two ships shooting at cannon uh cannon to do like four damage to him that four damage was like in two chunks right yeah (laughs) yeah that was so much fun um yeah so cannon and gleb uh lance razi with uh gamut key and zam waxel what does Lats Razzie even do again? Well, she's got a target lock on you at a certain engagement at range one. Not zero to one, Josh. Just one. Uh, she can spend it to give you a tractor token. 
which she'll have locks because she has that Wexel and also the ability to get coordinated from the Hawk if need be. And also, since you have Gamut on her, you can take the toggle lock action while still having a focus reinforce. Yep. Yep. First turn or first turn before engagement, and you can reinforce front. Cannon could uh, coordinate her focus or something and Gamut it, and then you roll up with a lock or another reinforce or if you really want or another focus. But it's uh, it's pretty solid. I like Gamut a lot on her did you think about putting the title on it <laughs> i do have two points to spare no but uh i like gamut on her a lot because she's a large base one one eight, one the 180 degree arc is super useful for Zamwexel especially um but gamut is so clutch i mean I, I don't even have to it doesn't even have to be like a just for her thing because this list because she passes out a tractor token or um you know canaan can jam people or sevor which is also on the list just a naked sevor can jam people and you can hold that jam on them with the gamut or the tractor and she's a large base ship so you have a lot more range one area control it's super fun it's super janky but it's super good and uh, to round out the list, I have Old Terror Aqua Predator, because I have to have something good. But it's a lot oh. of um, token stripping. You have like a mini ace and M, and then the other people are all threes, so you can shoot whatever order you want. And then Old Terror you can do the fun little uh, boost into a focus blue maneuver. off, Or you can do the uh, coordinate into all that. Or yep. you can like go into an engagement with two focus because Gamut's still there if you think Old Terrak's going to be more at risk. Or you could do the really fun thing and then spend the tractor, um, give them the tractor by spending the lock from lots and then just putting them into Arc of Terrak so you can strip the green tokens, which I have done before and it's really funny. Brutal. <laughs> lots Razi um, in this list is. The best. <laughs> she enables everything, and she's the heavy hitter. Well, yeah, and if you have you have Kane in there, also like lowering defense dice if she's reinforced, like just it just makes the YV like that's like one of the YV's like biggest um, downfalls. Besides, you know, stuff getting behind it and not being able to turn around. It's just you know that one agility doesn't do a whole lot for it, even with the reinforce. But if you can take the attack die down you're taking down a red dice red die and reinforce just makes it that much more tanky yeah you can actually eat a proton torpedo and be like well uh, not not the worst what if you had two reinforced tokens though (laughs) you can do double reinforce if you really wanted to with gamut from the turn earlier just only take one damage uh that's super tanky i'd rather just have the focus but it's possible i mean if you're against a pro torp list it would definitely have its uses. Yeah, if I'm going against Wedge and two E-Wings or Proton Torpedoes top gunning it straight at me, I might take the double reinforce. But, you know, is a pain in the ass. Everyone loves him. He's so cheap, too. So cheap. 30 points. You know, how many times did you bullseye me with Seavor instead of me bullseyeing you? <laughs> yeah, people got to remember, one, just bullseye Seavor because he can't use his ability. But two, man, just... Just jamming people and telling them, no, I'm getting mood key. You keep that jam token till next round. 
or you jam them. I mean, I have a two-point bid in here for a reason, because everything's at three, and they're at three, and I want them to shoot first. So I can get their target lock. But if I do end up shooting first, at least I have Seavor to strip a token off. And then I can shoot him with lots and also Kanan. Have you been janky. able to... Very fun to fly. Gamut's anybody's uh, weapons disabled yet? <laughs> no, I'd have to go against people who uh, use ships that actually reload. Or slam. Yeah, but have odd too. That's true. No one, no one's flying that, but they can. So... That's my silly scum list. It's super toolboxy. It's just a list that I absolutely love because of the sheer amount of stupid options you can do. Really catches people off guard. Oh. And then we should be doing the uh, matchmaking relatively soon. Uh, we got Matt here doing that. So if you hear us complaining, it's all Matt's fault. Yeah, Team Captain Matt. I blame him for my loss. Yeah, we'll give you another bad matchup. Uh, Alex, don't worry about it. It's <laughs> putting me up against like a, you know, ace flanking ace list that will be awful von reg kylo rush incoming oh send me up against han that way my my tractor and everything is completely useless we'll just keep the tractor now you can't do that you can't do that there's no way to really no because it's two charges yeah there's no way to really get to keep the tractor around but you can definitely do it to like any medium base if i try hard enough yeah uh, the, what medium base is even in hyperspace besides the Reaper. the, uh, Reapers, Arcs, uh, Zai Shuttle, Lat, Tie Heavy. What's the Zai Shuttle? Heavy. I don't. Are you Wings Hyperspace still? Uh, what are on them? Aren't the Bounty Hunter Fire Sprays Hyperspace and then. That's true. CIS Fire Sprays. You know who is Hyperspace? Callus. <laughs> And it fits with Hera, Garvin, and like Wedge A-Wing. Ah, or yeah. Jake. Oof. That sounds or nasty. Luke. I think you can have... No, you have Garvin instead of Luke. Yep. What if I always had a Pro Torp ready? That was <laughs> double modded every round. Seems good, right? Want to talk about Josh's uh, Rebel list? Because we all kind of independently made this list before. Cody played it a couple times. I get the credit now. Um, so Josh's list is Wedge and an A-Wing, which is an amazing flank piece. It's a very efficient ship in general. It's an amazing uh, pocket ace. And it has Predator. So, And a lot of things just don't like seeing negative one agility because there's a lot of uh, defensive mods out there right now. Uh, then you have Hera. He has hair naked, and um, she's just there to support everything. Maybe poke in some damage every once in a while. But mostly, she's there for her ability to pass evades, focuses, target locks, make sure the ships around her are double-mounted on defense or offense in your I-6 so you know what you need. Then we have... Luke, who is just an amazing independent piece, while also being able to be even better when you have Hera passing her in evade. He's uh, both an offensive and a defensive threat. Yep, because he will literally roll up, take a toggle lock every round, be double-modded on offense, and be double-modded on defense. 
with the evade from Hera, obviously. And the last piece is uh, Garvin, right? With yep. proton torpedoes. Garvin with protorps. Now, when we did this, we designed the list pre-Hera ruling, but we aren't going to change it because it's still a very scary, like, that's a threat piece right there with the protorp. Um, and Garvin can still take a target lock and then get a focus pass to him from Hera. And then send the focus and give it to somebody else. And give it back to Hera, who can give it to anybody else who needs it. Or back to Garvin and do it again, because infinite focus. There was a really cool, uh, it's extended, but if you have a gin carrier, you can have Garvin spend the focus, give it to Hera, and then have Hera give it back to Garvin, but change it to an evade. Yeah, Cody and I were looking at that, just seeing any um, cheap gin carriers to enable just wherever you wanted to evade. Just have Callus. Focus. Just have Kyle Katurn. That <laughs> or Callus. Cough. <laughs> I don't think Jin's hyperspace though, so. No, it's not, unfortunately. Oh, but no, I, I like this Rebel list a lot. It's really defensive. Wedges, a pain in the ass. I mean, it just, it hits. It's, it's a good attrition list. It's really defensive. It's really offensive at the same time. Like, it's just a well-rounded list. I like Wedge A-Wing better than X-Wing Wedge. And you hate X-Wing Wedge, too. I do hate X-Wing Wedge, but I think I think A-Wing Wedge, like, he still has he still has this pretty much the same ability as X-Wing Wedge. But, yeah, people see A-Wing Wedge, and it's not like, oh, I have to kill A-Wing Wedge right away. But people see X-Wing Wedge, it's like, must kill now, like... You have to kill X Wing Wedge because he's like he's a huge threat, and A Wing Wedge is still like he's a, still a big threat. Like, oh, your one agility ship is still ro- um, rolling zero dice, and I'm at range one with a focus predator. Like, I'm going to do damage to you, but he's in an A Wing, not an X Wing, so he doesn't he doesn't seem as scary. And, he's and now he has two cheaper. talent slots, so you could yeah. do predator and outmaneuver. He could do predator and outmaneuver, and he's still. Sp- <laughs> still not like super expensive either but yeah i just i just think he's i think he will like wise up to how to how dangerous he can be but yeah i mean right now he's you know a wing wedge also will stick around in a fight much longer with a much better dial yep also he makes kanan super super sad does he does he though well, I reduce your attack by one, but you reduce my defense by one. As long yes. as you're not Cody, this, it's a losing situation. One v one, let's go. <laughs> we already did this. <laughs> no, I'm talking about one red die versus one green die. Ah, uh, yeah, did that way too much. Brings me back to 1.0 times with that hawk. Anyways, <laughs> uh, Sam's resistance list is. Definitely resistance. It's a six ship list. It's pretty cool. I like it. You have um, two generic fireballs with red tracers. Uh, just a naked Jaspava. Uh, C3PO Rose. So good. He has automated tight priority on her as well. So when she misses, she can still have that calculate. Why would she ever miss though? <sighs> Um, he also has a V, which is really good tack against any sort of ace list, especially when you have something as maneuverable, maneuverable as the fireballs, because they can 
one bank slam one straight if they really need to or do whatever they want. And they do have the barrel roll too. Right. And she has ATP on that as well. And then the last one is Merle, starboard slash and ATP. Merle. <laughs> so you can do a lot of things. I mean, Merle can block. If he needs to, you probably have him in, you know, your bullseye if they're blocking. Have, they're probably bullseyeing you, I mean, if you're blocking them. So his ability works, you know, V and Merle are both one, so they shoot together. Jess and Rose shoot together at three, and then the two fireballs are at two. They have thread tracers, so you can still have, like, Merle and V set up for the same round. And then one of the things is the threes don't really care if they have the target locks or not because they already got passive rerolls. Yep. Although it does let you do Jess's uh, ability more defensively, too. Right. And it's a six-ship resistance list. It, uh, I mean, I think its weakness is that it only has one three-die attacker, right? But, you know, if you do Merle right or, you know, block them, try to remove as many tokens from them, you'll eventually start doing damage. And if not, you have calculates left over. Yeah, five two-die attacks will do damage if you can get all the ox on a ship. Yeah. Should do damage, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think it's a cool list. Um, you know, C3PO rows, 30 points is alarmingly cheap. It's so good, allows it enables so many things. And uh, the last one, <laughs> unfortunately not terribly exciting, um, Mark Rawberg's Imperial list of... Uh, Six ruthless threat tracer barons, and four of them with rockets. <laughs> Two with threads. Yep. yep. I mean, Mark is amazing at finding lists and just doing extremely well with them. He's like the bet the best person I've ever seen at like net listing and just doing really well with them. I'm Great. sorry, but he's the best chip silencer player because he's like <laughs> seven and zero with chip silences. The math works out. Yeah. He's never lost with triple silencers. How can he be bad? Exactly. How is he not the best? <laughs> but no, it's, it's a solid list. And we've talked about it quite a few times as well. A bunch of other people have as well. But, you know, four pockets are nothing to sneeze at. The tyranny of three green dice. Yep. It's just, it's just good. There's a lot of bodies. They're pretty defensive. And you can kill your buddies to get your pockets to be even more effective well every procket i've ever seen just gets all paint every time but yeah no it's a it's a fantastic list i'm sure mark will do really well with it he is a very good joust player too because we did talk about the new uh goran and four strikers with that but yeah we decided that six barons is just going to be a more consistent less uh match and the Grand Strikers, we all felt like if you don't joust it, like if you actually try to flank it, cough, then <laughs> it's not going to be able to do as well because of the fact that if you're doing the going trick, you have to do blue maneuvers and the blues on the Strikers are good, but does open up the sides. Yeah, it's kind of difficult to fly Strikers anyways, just because they're really fast and all over the place, especially if you're intentionally bumping like that. 
So, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I for like ease of matchups for like all of our lists, I think they're pretty solid. Like, there's no super super bad matchups for any of these lists. I mean, they're you got six ships in two of them, right? <laughs> You got, you got swarmy list. You got a super defensive list. You got uh, just a massive disruption list, a jousty list, and an ace list. Yeah, I think we got a nice little uh, mix that Matt hopefully can take advantage of. That's the plan. <laughs> and uh, I'm fine with beating another state. So, you know, only what 48, 48 to go because we took down Minnesota. And we are we are keeping Ryan's uh, CIS list a secret, so not talking about that right now. Yeah, out of respect, you know, but um, I'm sure he'll do fine with it. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. <laughs> Why is Ryan a good player or something? In separatists, <laughs> he does all right. He shows up. <laughs> He's there to fill out the roster. Yeah, we needed a separatist player. No one else could do it. And we're like, hey, you want to play separatist for us? <laughs> uh, well, I'm looking forward to this. Me too. Maybe someone else will listen to that episode instead of like the four people was in the last one. <laughs> uh, is there anything else you guys want to talk about with regards to the uh, hyperspace? Um, it'd be nice to have a state with beach, uh, front, not going to lie, you know, just make a vacation home down in North Carolina, man. If we ever go to North Carolina, we got to bring them quality Michigan beers. Cause I'm sure whatever spill they're drinking down there is rough. So Matt, uh, I hope I don't mispronounce his name. It's Matt Philippi. I want to say, and we already like, we're going to do some beer exchanging when we go down there. It's awesome. Michigan has uh, a ton of breweries that are well known. Yeah, and we have Two Hearted, which is the best IPA period. So, except for Double Two Hearted, Hop Slams out there, which is also Michigan. Yeah, it's also Bells. Yeah, <laughs> same I team. Think, yep, I think we can just we can just determine that Bells is Michigan's best brewery. They do have Oberon. I think Oberon's a little bit overrated, but it is pretty good. It's a better Blue Moon. It's great. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> but yeah, their beers are really good. I've been there before. And we were supposed to go, but... You know, the Rona. Yeah, you know. Things happen, right? Yep. I think Cody's fully vaccinated. I think uh, Alex and I need one more shot, and then we can start... In-person X-Wing again. In-person X-Wing. What's that? How many ships are I going to knock over on my first time through? X-Wing could be played in person. I was just thinking about that when we were talking about those Goron Strikers. Like, that list <laughs> sounds like an absolute nightmare to fly IRL. Yeah. Yeah. At, you're bu literally bumping every round. <sighs> Better be a good droid player because that's, that's the only people I have that practice. I'm lining up nubs, having to have two templates to like line up the lines this is gonna be chaos relearning it all over again i almost yeah i almost don't want to it's just <laughs> the stress of it all well uh anyways 
Thanks for listening, everyone. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at thebestbenchwarmers at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitch, Twitter, and my Benchwarmers. Uh, Facebook. We have a Facebook group now. <laughs> uh, we'll link that in the Reddit post, I guess. So, Everybody stay safe. Stay safe, fam.